Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver. And this week, we're completely chucking the format out the window because we're celebrating our 200th episode. So let's see what special thing we've got for you this week. So then, Josh, as I said, this week is our 200th it's a lot. How's that happened? How's that happened? That's twice as many as a hundred. It is. It is. Yes, (laughs) that's good. That's quick maths. That's quick maths. It's been a long slog, hasn't it, Alice? (laughs) A a joyous, wonderful, (laughs) lovely slog. Well, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Um, And that's it. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you so much. 200 episodes. So, as we did with our, was it our 100th episode? It was your 100th episode. So, for our 100th episode, we did a retrospective of our first 100. But 200 is twice as many, and it would take us the amount of an episode just to read them out. Plus, we've just done our review of 2023. So, we're doing something similar to your 100th episode. Yes, where you allowed me the time and space to talk about my favourite film ever, Terminator 2. So it was only right to bring that to you and let you talk about one of your favourite films of all time. And if it if it happens to be underrated or underseen, great. But that is not the main motivation for this. this This is self-indulgent nonsense. It is self-indulgent bollocks, which is... Get ready for that. What it normally is, but this week it's just not wrapped (laughs) up in the format. No, exactly. So what film did you choose then, Josh? And tell us a bit about why. uh, So, I mean, this was really, really difficult to pick. You basically said to me, pick your favourite film. And it's so when you like films, it's really hard. It's like it's like favorite food, isn't it? You know, or favorite mm. song or whatever. So we've done a lot of films that I would class as in my top ten or what you want to call mm. it. Like I love Pride, mm-hmm. um, I love American Psycho, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which we did before Your Good Self came on board back in the day. Um, but I have picked Batman Begins from two thousand and five. Mm. I've picked this because I love it and I just want to talk about it. I also think it's a bit. There's a few things. I think, first of all, it's a bit overshadowed by The Dark Knight because The Dark Knight was so wildly successful. And so, I mean, this was influential, but The Dark Knight took that to a whole other level in terms of the Batman Begins very much influenced origin stories and other superhero stuff as well. The Dark Knight, I mean, it changed the game in a lot of ways in terms mm-hmm. of narrative structure and 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 stuff like that. Um, although I believe I do... it did. I, I believe it did anyway. And I believe Batman Begins walked so the Dark Knight indeed, could run, right? Indeed, indeed. And I don't like this online online narrative that's cropped up that 
to like the Dark Knight is basic. You know, I think there's a there is a touch thing of like, a, you know, it's like saying the Godfather is your favorite film or the Shawshank Redemption your favorite film. You like what you like, right? So you I like haven't picked the like? Dark Knight. I thought about picking the Dark Knight, but I thought there's mm-hmm. been that many people who've spoken about it over the years. I'm not sure that I'd need to pick it. It's also an element of um, I. It's so close to my heart, the Dark Knight, that 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 I didn't. I don't even know if I want to talk about it in anything mm-hmm. other than a private capacity, because um, that film means a lot to me because it was so informative in, in the the age I was. I saw it. Uh, went to see it on my own opening night. You know that to get Did to you? give you an idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Batman Begins. You know, this is what this pod's all about. You like what you like, and I wanted to take the opportunity to talk about Batman Begins because I think it doesn't get as much credit because it's slightly overshadowed by its larger, more successful brother. It's the Phil Neville of, uh, <laughs> of Batman <laughs> films or or the... Um, uh, the 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 not the Liam Hemsworth the other Hemsworth the other Hemsworth the third the Hemsworth one. the fella um, he's in Westworld I know yeah, that yeah and he's in <laughs> he plays he plays his own brother in one of the Thor films I think he does, is he called he? I want to yeah. say is he called Luke Hemsworth I don't mate I don't know yeah. I'm not confident he, enough this to is say the other Hemsworth, um, the other Hemsworth. Of, of Batman films oh, that. Essentially, I picked it because I want to talk about it. But I do think there's probably a shout in there that it deserves more appreciation, not with the scores, um, but certainly with um, when comparing it to the wider narrative around how influential um, it was. In terms of what it's about, it's Batman Begins. That's what it's about. It's the start yeah. of Batman, how he became Batman, and mm-hmm. his early sort of time as as Batman, leading up to. Um, you know, it, it's him. It's him. De- it's him training to be Batman and dealing with his first big incident in Gotham mm-hmm. as Batman, which uh, is largely related to him. <laughs> um, so that that is that's the plot. Um, so I'm guessing you have. Have you seen this before? Do you? Would you be surprised if I hadn't? Or no? Uh, no I think I think because of our age, I think it'd be. I know you haven't seen a lot of films, but I think you'd be hard pressed no, to, avo- to, to have avoided this in the dark night. But I don't know. It won't, it won't massively shock me, but I'd be a bit surprised. I had seen it. I have oh, okay. seen it. And but Go I'd of the of the three of them, this is probably the one that I've seen the least. So like yeah. the other two, I feel like I've watched several times. And it's actually, in Rises in the Dark Night. Yes. Well, there was a, a long period of time there as well where I very passionately argued that The Dark Knight Rises was actually the best of the three. Wow, right? that's I know, a take, Alice. I know, right. That's I know, a but, take. but I, w- I do have to say that I know that a huge part of that is because it's the only one I saw in the cinema and it is the first film that I saw in IMAX. Mm. So it was just... I, it was like I could not believe what I was seeing. Like, like an overstimulated was, child has had too uh, much sugar. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. <laughs> it sit was down, like sit down and just have a glass of water and calm down for a minute. That was it, though. That was absolutely <laughs> it. It was a real, like, cinematic yeah. moment for me. I was literally on the edge of my seat all the way through, and it is just a shame that the ending is so goddamn awful. <laughs> so it's a, I can't yeah, really I mean, argue for that. <laughs> we could talk and talk and talk about The Dark Knight Rises, and it, it's got good points, and it's certainly got flaws as well. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about Batman Begins, aren't we? Talk about Batman Begins, but yes. So I had seen it before, and as far as I was concerned, I w- I'm a fan yeah, I'm a fan. Oh, good. A cri- Christian good. Bale is good. my favourite Batman because Christian Bale is just one of my favourite actors of all yeah. time. And, and me and Ollie, when we were watching this, we we were talking about all the ways in which Christian Bale is amazing. And mm. so much of it is to do with, with his eyes and his conviction and just how everything he does 
I fully believe that he beca- like he becomes that character. Like, yeah. and Ollie raised a good point where, with a lot of actors, you look at them and you look at their eyes when they're delivering their lines and when they're performing, and they just kind of look like they're trying to remember the script. Yeah, and I just don't get that with Christian Bale at all. So he's my favorite Batman. So I was really excited when you picked this because obviously good. never watched it with that critical eye, and I was just intrigued to see what I would discover. Indeed. But Josh, tell us. Let's get into it. What are some of your favourite things about this film? I mean, we could talk and talk and talk, but let's try and keep it <laughs> under an hour here, <laughs> considering it's normally half an hour episodes. But it might be a little bit longer because it's a 200th episode and you can it's always a treat. listen to it. It's a treat for you, you listen, it's a treat for us. Yeah, you listen to it in two parts, that's fine. <laughs> so, the, so there's a few things, obviously there's loads and loads of stuff I like this. I've tried to boil it down to some, into some sort of good, clear points. The, the main thing I want to say is... This is a Batman film, and this sounds really silly to say this, but as a Batman film and a film fan, I'll explain what I mean. It's about Batman, Mm -hmm. and it is an origin story that's done really, really well. So, so many films up to this point have been Batman films in which Batman was a passenger. Okay. There are so many Batman films where it's basically the villain and Batman's in it. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a real affection for the Tim Burton Batmans, and I have actually have a lot of affection for the Joel Schumacher Batmans as well. Although mm-hmm. I know they're not perfect, I saw them at the right time that I was absolutely buzzing when little, you know, little seven-year-old me saw saw Batman and Robin and all that, nipples and all. Um, mm-hmm. But they are about the villains. You know, the first one, it's Jack Nicholson's Joker with Michael Keaton's Batman in it. Mm-hmm. And that sort of goes and goes. Whereas this, it, and there's even an argument, I would say, that that does happen to some extent in the in the rest of the Nolan Batman trilogy. Whereas this, there is a villain, but it's about Bruce Wayne. It's about Batman, where he's come from, why he's doing it, what's it, what's it doing? It really did give Batman his bollocks back. That's sort of the way I I, I see this film. And the sequels are a lot more thematic and villain focused, but this is, you know, it really is about him. Why is he doing what he's doing? Why Mm -hmm. has he chosen to do what he's doing? How does he get to being Batman? You know, so this is, you know, it's an origin story and and it's a shame. On one hand, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because on one hand, the structure of this is so solid. It's so well-written. It's so well-constructed. You can see the beats. You can see all the Lego bricks building the house. And it's a problem because what's come after it is so many bad origin stories. Mm-hmm. So many times it's like, well, we need to know how they get the thing, the other thing, the weapon, the clothes, the costume, the duh, the duh, the duh. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it's like, okay, so why does he need armor? He needs armor because he's always jumping off buildings and getting shot at. Mm-hmm. why does he need a cape he needs a cape because one night he jumps from building to building and he absolutely decks it wax himself and you know yeah. what else as well is we also get to see and you know within film logic but fairly logical reasons about how he gets hold of the stuff as well yeah it's because like it it's just he's got appear. a massive company yeah, but yeah. It, and he knows who to speak to. So it's yeah. um, Lucius Fox a lot yeah, of the Morgan time, Freeman, isn't it? And then, yeah. and then he's got connections and it's yeah. like, oh, I know where I can get this material. I can get this. I can get that. And I just love all that little bit of extra detail. It just makes yes. the world feel so much more rich. And like you say, it's just, it's it's every sort of little thing is about constructing him sort of as his character and it's like well how did that happen all the sort of boring shit that maybe you don't really want to see in a superhero film it's like well how did he get this where did that come yeah. from why has he done that but you get all that in this and i think it works really it, well it works so well. i know how how does he have the the ability to appear to disappear but not mm-hmm. only that yes it goes into all his gadgets and stuff but it also explores him as a man as a person you know 
So one thing they do really well in this is Alfred as a father figure. Mm-hmm. In other films, Alfred's there and he is there to be his butler. But Alfred is sort of Batman's parents, right? In mm-hmm. the comics, he is he can do everything. He's, but it, but he he needs him. It's not just he's his servant. He would be useless without him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like in 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 this bit. So so they explore him as a person. Like I say, why he does what he wants to do, how driven he is, how he gets there, the logistics of it, and stuff like that. And they do that through this amazing sort of world creation. So let's talk about the world creation. For me, you know, this is one of the first superhero films where or comic book films where it was like, oh, this feels like it it was a real place. Mm-hmm. So they talk about how economically on its arse Gotham is and why that is. So I really, really like that. Um, in terms of like, you know, you, you know that when they talk about the narrows, they don't go into it that much, but you know that's the bit where most of the crime and the poverty seems to be. Mm-hmm. So they literally have almost walled it off from the rest of the city, which is obviously making a point in and of itself. So love that. And yeah, like I say, they create Gotham and they, this idea of the corruption that's it, it, allowed Gotham to sort of rot alongside it. Because again, alongside Batman, Batman's one of the comic characters that is so intrinsically linked to where it's set. Batman, yes, there are bigger adventures where he takes on aliens and all sorts, but he is Gotham's protector. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. That's his that's his turf. To the point where in the comics, and I know, you know, we don't need to talk about the comics that much, but no one else goes there. Mm. Like Superman might go there if he absolutely needs him. But if you go there, it'd be like, what the fuck are you doing here? It's my patch. Yeah, my patch. Do you know what I mean? But, although yeah, equally, yeah. he doesn't go out at a day, so I'm not really sure what happens there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so 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 I love the world creation, the cast as well. I mean, this may be the best cast comic book film of all time. Wow! Uh, I, I love. Words. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Dark Knight comes after it. Maybe Heath Ledger pips it because he's so amazing in that. Um, but you know, is there a character in this who you who you don't buy? Do you know what I mean? Michael Caine as Alfred, amazing. Christian Bale. We've never done a Christian Bale film on the podcast before. Never, uh, no, never, never speak about him ever. So no, let's, you know, he's brilliant in this. We'll probably, come, we'll probably come back to him when you're doing your lights because I imagine you've got a little bit to say about that. <laughs> Morgan Freeman, Liam Neeson. Um, you got Kit, what, uh, I will, Kit, what I would say, what I would say, and I, I, I feel like I had an idea that this would be the case anyway, but it was confirmed for me because as soon as we finished watching this, we watched The Dark Knight, basically, because yeah. I was like, oh, shit, we've got to watch The Dark Knight now. But I do prefer Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel than uh, Kate Holmes. Yeah, and I, and I would say both are good actors, but I'd say, yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal is a stronger performer. Mm. Uh, and she, I mean, she does get more to do in The Dark Knight than Katie That's Holmes true. gets in Batman Begins. But yeah. I do think you're right there. I would agree I prefer Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, that's probably the only one that's not as strong. But then you've got, you know, Gary Oldman absolutely smashes it. Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Rutger Hauer, Killian Murphy, Liam Neeson. Killian, oh, um, Killian, man, and so obviously because because of Oppenheimer so recently, I was like, it was just so weird. I, I know this sounds crazy, but it was weird to see him so young. Like, because yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if I've always just pictured him as a man in his late forties or whatever. But he came on screen, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he looks he so like so different, baby. and he's not got those sharper cheekbones that he's got no. in Oppenheimer. He's I know, yeah, because he lost so much weight. More, yeah, yeah, a little bit more baby face. But he was also great as well. Auditioned for Batman. So if you yes, go on, if you go on YouTube, you can yeah. see you can see his audition. Oh, you can watch it. So it's on Ooh. YouTube, and you can see. Look, he's a brilliant actor, but you can see he's why. Great. He's just got, he's got that arch edge, that sort of villainous energy. It's like, you're, 
he may well be another superhero, but he ain't Batman. No, he's not. He doesn't convey billionaire playboy no, in the same no. way that I think um, a Christian Bale could do. But still, uh, yeah, as a villain and as Scarecrow especially, oh, excellent. Yeah, he's he's absolutely brilliant in this. So so yeah, really love that. And I do want as, as well uh, want to give a little shout out to the late Tom Wilkinson, who I think has possibly one of the most impactful but small roles. In a comic book film, so he plays Carman Falcone. Um, sadly, passed away just after between Christmas and New Year in 2023. Mm. One of the most sort of finest actors I think this country's ever produced. He's brilliant in this. He's great in everything he's been in, whether it's the Full Monty uh, or this or anything else he's been in. He's been in loads and loads of stuff. But you know, his sort of he's probably got ten minutes of screen time if you add it all mm-hmm. up. But he just smashed every scene he's in. I can't, particularly the scene where he has the conversation with Bruce Wayne about mm-hmm. privilege. Mm-hmm. It's just like, but that sort of stuff. I think, I think something you've got to bear in mind when you look at this film now that we're so spoiled for choices, that the, the richness of the world in this and the, the thematic exploration that it goes into. we ne- I, I don't remember ever seeing the likes of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look right. at, the Superman films, the Christopher Reeve Superman films, and the the, the the Batman films, and the odd one we got before that were great, mm-hmm. but they were primarily spectacle based. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. look, you're going to believe a man can fly, or you're going to actually see Batman, or you're going to see Blade, or whoever it was. Whereas this went, comic books are modern mythology, so let's make it that. Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of what it is in terms of the explanation of themes. So that idea of no one's ever actually said about Batman, you think you have nothing to lose you haven't thought your life through, you idiot. Yeah. Basically. And he gives him this massive dressing down. And that almost is what makes him go and become Batman. Mm -hmm. Because he gets kicked out and it's like something clicks then and it's like, right, he's actually right there. So I've lived in privilege my whole life. So I'm going to go and not do that. Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. So that's, you know... That's mainly what I like. There's loads and loads of like it, and I'll probably I'll probably be jabbering on, you know, once you've said your likes. But let's hear what you've got to say. What 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 do you like about this film? Having looked at it particularly as well with that critical eye, did it improve it for you? What do you like about it? Let's hear it. So a lot of the things I like are just sort of building on on what you've already said, to be honest. But like I I really like the story in this. I'm really into this version of Batman and all the different elements that go into creating like uh, to creating this vibe that's around him. So mm. like the sound and the aesthetic and the action sequences, the little plot points that sort of give you an idea of the sort of person that Bruce Wayne is. So that moment when he takes a gun in broad daylight to go and shoot the man who killed his parents and he just misses out by not being able to do it because someone else gets there first. first, I really loved that moment and I feel like it conveys so much and also helps to enhance his character development throughout the film and then ultimately the whole trilogy. It reminds me of the moment in in Bruges where he's got the gun to his temple, Gleason is behind him, right? He's coming to shoot him, isn't he? But then Colin Farrell brings the gun up to his temple and he's like, no, it's just like that weird, it's like a funny little unexpected kind of misdirection sort of thing where your heart is sort of in your throat expecting one thing to happen and then the other thing happens. And I just thought that was a really great moment and I think says a lot about him and then ultimately gives a lot of weight to the sort of man he eventually becomes as Mm. well. 
I do particularly like the aesthetic at the beginning of this film as well. So when he's in Bhutan, I think it is. So I really enjoy like the scenery and the costume and the colour scheme. Everything feels really dramatic and I think it offers a really strong start to the film. Mm. And I think this was just a, it was a really impactful way of opening it. Like you sort of, you think, oh, we're going to be in Gotham. He's going to be doing, you know, Bruce Wayne type stuff. And it's like, oh no, we're sort of in the mountains. He's in a prison. And then suddenly he's in this like, do is it like a dojo? Is that what they call well, it? They take, with... Well, they basically just take him to the headquarters of the League of Shadows, don't they? Yeah, so it's sort yeah. Of, I don't know if it's a house or a, it's probably got a more like a, appropriate name for the, that area yeah. of the world, but it's like <laughs> a castle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I thought a really great start and 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 again just sort of really enhances the the viewing experience and how you engage with that world as well. Uh, so we've touched on the performances already. Uh, I've got a whole paragraph written here, Josh, just about how much I love Christian Bale and and how amazing I think he is. Well, it's the but first I'm... one we've done of Christian Bale's, isn't it? So so first since this is this is the I'm first Christian first. Bale film we've done. Um, let's hear what you think about Christian Bale. Uh, nah, you know, he, 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 you know, this is very much buff Bale. There's fat Bale, there's thin Bale, there's normal Bale. Yeah. So tell me about buff Bale. So and honestly, a lot of it is, is what I've already said sort of earlier on, but I just, he's just, he's so convincing to me, like in anything I watch him in, I just believe it. I believe that he has delved into that role. I believe that he just, he, he appears to be, one of the hardest working people in Hollywood, oh, obviously, that, that we can see visually. Yeah, you know, not just as an actor, from, like as a star. Yeah, yeah, his performance, his dedication, obviously, the weight loss, the weight gain, and I think for this, he had to gain like uh, like a hundred pounds so he, within yeah, a couple of months. He'd just done the Machinist, where which obviously very, is the one where he's famously thin. really, really thin. Yeah, and he, he did. He gained something like a hundred pounds to the point where he, I think he put on too much weight. Yeah, so all the crew were calling him it. Fat Man. Oh god! Obviously, in like a in a jokey way, not in like yeah. a horrible way. Uh, but I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's stacked in this film. He's done he's done a lot of a lot of training for this film. Something I I think is is worth saying about his performance in this and this film in general as well is there is also that little glint of humor, which I think is in the Dark Knight, but I don't think it is in the Dark Knight Rises. I think mm -hmm. one of the problems I have with the third one is the the humor goes, whereas yeah. in this. There is that little sort of glint in his eye and the little back and forth he has with Alfred and stuff like that, you know, around, you know, what if it's not about thrill seeking, what's that damn good television and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think you forget that, you know, Christian Bale, he does have that, he can do anything. He's funny in American Psycho, he's funny in this. It's funny when you, when you talk about his, that look in his eyes where it seems like he's actually inhabiting the character. When he did a, one of the last, one of the films he did more recently, I think he did one for Netflix. I think it's called the pale blue eye. Yes. And right. I, Edgar, is, is Edgar Allan Poe. Is it Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I saw an interview with him when they asked him about his process. And obviously he's quite, he's not one who seems to love that interview side of things. He's very guarded. He's not on social media or, or he is actually, I think he's on Twitter. He sent one tweet, one tweet about 10 years ago, really, but he's not yeah. active on social media. Mm. Um, but, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. He said something about what he does is he maps out his character's thoughts. Hmm. And I think he, he said something, you know, he basically almost learns the character's thoughts like a script. Mm-hmm. So if, yo, your character will be thinking this at this moment, that's almost like what he is trying to think as the character. So mm-hmm. maybe that explains why that sort of, there isn't that look in his eyes. It's, um, he just never seems to sort of drop out of it. Like sometimes you'll be watching a film, maybe with a, the less experienced actor or a less dedicated actor or whatever, and you can just sort of, like you just see them like I, I love Keanu Reeves, right? But yeah. I see Keanu Reeves when yeah. I watch a Keanu Reeves yeah. film with Christian Bale. I don't see Christian Bale. Yeah. Like I see the character, and it is just, it is such a wonderful skill. Has he ever won an Oscar? I don't think he has. Has he? Um, I think yes. I think he won for. I feel like he won for the Fighter. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's do a Google, just so we know. Let's do a little bit of Googling. We want to bring the facts to you here on Just Films and Let's have a look, yeah. But yeah, that He's received various accolades, including an Academy Award. Oh, he has He's definitely, I'm sure he won for The Fighter. Right, okay, good. Well, I'm pleased. That makes me happy. I was worried then. But he's certainly deserving of it. He's been nominated a lot. Um, Yeah, well, that's good to hear as well. But I don't know what he... Let's have a look what he won for. Yes, it was The Fighter. He won Best uh, Supporting Actor, I think it was, for The Fighter. Okay, phew. I'm pleased. So sometimes He's been nominated quite a bit as well. Not that I like really care about the Oscars or the awards, and a lot of it is a sham, but sometimes, like when Margot Robbie didn't win for Barbie, I was a bit like, hmm... I'm annoyed now. <laughs> like, why am I annoyed? Why do, you know, they're still making bank. They don't care. Um, so yeah, Christian Bale, uh, I, he's one of them. If he's in something, I'll watch it. Like, yeah, I, I he's like a mark that. quality, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just finally as well, I think the way that the film constructs and develops his relationships with the characters around him is very strong. So there's a lot of like prominent 
side characters in this. Mm. So if you think about sort of Alfred and Lucius and Rachel and the commissioner, or, or sorry, who eventually becomes Commissioner Gordon, he's lieutenant yeah, Gordon at the time, up. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And in, in, I just feel like in many films, it's sort of when you've got that many different sort of lines of narrative going on or those many different relationships going on, some of it can feel a bit forced or a bit like, oh, I didn't need that. Like, save me 10 minutes. I don't need that. But within this, they all felt, they all felt authentic and they all felt necessary mm. to the film and they all felt engaging, which I thought was really interesting. Even the way he is with um, Liam Neeson's character, so Ra's al Ghul as well, it all just felt like it did not needed to be there, but it did enhance the quality of the film. And at no point was I like, oh, we're back to this guy now. Oh, oh we're back doing this thing again, which I would usually be in something like this, where you're trying to spread yourself so thin and spread your protagonist around. So it's like, oh, we need him here. We need him there. We need him, you know, having these conversations, etc. And it just didn't feel like that in this. So I don't know if that's something to do with the acting, the writing, the, the way that the story developed or a combination of all three. But I thought it was really successful in that. And I think that's that's an area where it's really easy for a film to fall down. We'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change. And I, I, I feel like this is going to be one of them where you aren't going to bring anything genuine to the table, <laughs> to be honest. And it's just going to be like these weird little nitpicky type bits that you've, be. you've seen throughout yeah. the film. But go on, try me balanced. <sighs> I mean, there's a, there's a few things, and it, it was just so hard. It's just so hard to do because it's like it's like punching the tooth fairy in the face. Do you know what I mean? It's like killing your childhood. So, there, there, I mean, I've got issues. There's two things I've nailed down with the film in terms of wider things. I do think, and this isn't an issue in this film, but it went on to become an issue, and I cannot see why it was never addressed, right? But his voice is stupid, right? The Batman what voice. The, the Batman voice. But in this, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the whole, where were the other drugs going? It makes sense. But in the other ones, I don't know why, but they, they just make it go sillier and sillier. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't mind it in this, but I do I don't like that it went on. You know, by the time it gets to the end, when he's kicking Bane and screaming at him, you never give us all our nations and that bit. Mm-hmm. But Bane knows he's fucking Bruce Wayne. <laughs> so he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to use the voice. Mm-hmm. So, I like it in this bit, the bit where he first meets Gordon. He's like, "We're what we, we're, you're just one man now, we're two. It doesn't seem as silly, and it just went on and on and got sillier, but that's something about the sequels. I've got, I've got two things that I'm not bothered about, and I've got one thing I'd change. What do you want to hear first? Uh, go with the not, but go with the two things you're not bothered about, and then tell so, okay, me what you change. So- I've uh, so the one uh, so the, the two things I'm not bothered about in this I'm not that bothered on the on the Batmobile I've okay. never been that bothered on the Tumblr I get I get that it looks like a real car I'm not bothered in terms of the suspension of disbelief and setting Batman in the real world I'm quite happy to, to suspend it enough that he still gets a Batmobile looking Batmobile mm-hmm. even in the Batman it's sort of just a car mm-hmm. um, so I I actually my favorite Batmobile is still the Keaton one. And yeah, I know yeah. it looks stupid because it can't go around corners <laughs> and stuff. But I don't know, there's just something gothic and, and, and comic booky I like about that. That I'm just not that bothered about. I don't mind the bike that he uses as it goes along, but I've just never been that bothered on the Tumblr. Um and I've always disliked that in this film he uses a gun at one point. Okay. So there's a point where he fights the scarecrow's men and he and he basically makes one of them shoot another one in the foot. Mm-hmm. But 
Batman. Uh, this is my interpretation of Batman because obviously it's a comic book and he's been around so long and he's been written by so many people that really is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. So if you disagree with me, then you're fine. Then 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 fine. Agree to disagree. But for me, Batman hates guns. He won't touch mm-hmm. a gun. He'll take a gun off anyone. So mm-hmm. that so I don't like that he does that because I feel like he would always disarm someone first. Okay. And I know that is nitpicky because, for example, one of the bits I like in The Dark Knight is when the Joker goes to his flat and he disappears to become Batman. Mm-hmm. One of Joker's goons says, heads up, pretty boy, and tries to hit him with a gun. And he mm-hmm. takes it off and strips it straight away as if like yeah. it's nothing. And mm-hmm. that's always something I've liked about Batman is he hates guns. Even in the mm-hmm. third one, he kicks a gun or punches a gun out of Catwoman's hands mm-hmm. and says, no guns, no killing because mm-hmm. Batman does, now I, I know the whole Batman doesn't kill thing right let's not get into that because mm-hmm. he, he in, in he probably does kill people if he doesn't kill them physically he kills them with the American health system by beating them half to death and then <laughs> and then, the, <laughs> then their bills cripple them or whatever yeah. but but <laughs> I for me I've always thought he hates guns guns killed his parents and guns are why he became Batman so he yeah. would always take a gun off someone before he did anything yeah um, so I've never liked that, but it really, that, that is a nitpick. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. In terms of something I'd change, it's more to do with something I think's not been done in a Batman film yet, which is, uh, it's been done, it, they tried to do it once, but they didn't do it properly and it just was stupid. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I would, or I would, focus, if I was writing a Batman film, and God willing, someday I may well do. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, Batman fans, you're safe. Um, but I would focus more on his relationship with his mother. Mm-hmm. it's never really happened before there's the whole save Martha thing but that's not focused on her mother it's just pointing out that their mum has the same name mm-hmm. but I would always focus on it's always been either his parents are fairly anonymous and you don't really see much of them which is most of them whereas in this they did go into it a bit more um, with his dad and stuff like that but I would always I always got my impression from the comics and other stuff was that his dad is a bit of a hard ass. Mm-hmm. and it's his mum that's the soft touch mm. I always think that I mean as an 8 year old kid or whatever seeing your parents get murdered would be traumatic mm. but I always think I would delve into that relationship with his mum if I was going to do it and that doesn't do it so that's just something I'd change what about you is there anything more Christian Bale more Christian Bale another hour please of Christian Bale so I do find some of the dialogue really cheesy all right some of the script i do think is quite basic like there are times where i don't feel like there's a lot of nuance and that there are many conversations that are just exposition dumps for the audience as opposed to sounding like authentic conversations between the characters and something that really highlighted this for me and that like i said earlier is that we immediately watched the dark night after watching this (laughs) and you can really feel the difference in the in the sort of quality step up if it were yeah. and how sophisticated the script then becomes in that film, right? So obviously this is the first film of the trilogy, so I completely appreciate that you've got to lay the foundations for that trilogy to succeed, and that means being a bit obvious in the first film to make sure everyone is yeah. up to speed, everyone knows what's going on, who's who, what's this person up to, what's their motivation, etc. because there's a chance you've got people who aren't traditionally superhero fans or Batman film fans coming to see this film because it just looks like a good action film and it's got a good cast or they like Christopher Nolan, etc. So I get it, but there were times where it was just like... I'm interested to know, can you think of like a particular bit? 
I, can't, I should have made notes as I was going, but it was just a, a lot of it more towards the beginning of the film for right. sure. And it did get better as we went on, but it's all just kind of like, you know, uh, my parents are dead and I'm sad about that. And Rachel has been my friend for years, but I love right. her as well. And it is, it is, it just felt a little bit like that at times, but I guess it was just some, some really sort of overt character establishment. Right. Okay. But I do understand why that was in there yeah, and why yeah. they felt the need to do that okay. just to bring everyone up to speed. And the other thing is, because there's only two things, is that I didn't love the flashback sequences where we see how Bruce got his fear of bats and then, you know, some of the stuff like around his parents. A lot of them felt really rushed and a little mm. bit forced. And I actually feel like the sequences, especially the one at the very beginning, needed to be a bit longer so we could sit with the characters a bit more. Not too dissimilar to what you were saying, actually, about exploring his relationship with his mum a little bit more, but just sitting with those characters for a bit longer. Like, when his parents get shot, I want to feel that. I want to feel that emotional yeah. trauma. And you don't really, because you don't spend enough time with them, it's I don't so think. It's so difficult to do, especially in a 12A. Because <laughs> really, for someone to believe this guy would go and do what he does, it'd have to be brutal. Mm-hmm. Whereas in every single one, it's either quite stylized, so you don't mm-hmm. see it, or in this, they make a point of making it really quick. Mm-hmm. There's a really good trailer for one of the Arkham games that does his first sort of 25, 30 years mm-hmm. in three seconds. Wow. wow. So you see his face as a little boy and they see that you see the gun go off mm. and then you see his face in school and he's getting punched by a bully and mm. then he's Batman. Yeah. And it goes like, doo, doo, doo. And it's like, honestly, it's one of those things where I was like, fucking hell, that's Batman. Yeah. Like, it's like just properly, properly um, hit home. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it is, it is, it is, it's difficult. It is. I know, I know what you mean in, in that sense with the, with the early stuff. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I think you have to take it back to the time it was made and go, this is the first Batman film since Batman and Robin in 1997. Mm-hmm. So I think now I don't want to see another string of Martha Wayne's pearls fall to the floor. No. I don't want to see that guy shoot that those those two people again, mm-hmm. which is what I was so happy when I went into the Batman and they didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. They just went, he's been Batman for a year. You know why he's Batman. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, But at the time, I think that was vital that they had to do that. Yeah. and I, I think just, uh, it was so think, important at the time. Yeah. And I just think I would have liked a little bit more time with those characters. With little Bruce. To, yeah. To, to really, not obviously not that I don't care that his parents got shot in front of him. But I wanted the moment, I think, to have more impact. Yeah. And and I think a little bit more time with them if those scenes didn't feel so kind of rushed and a bit shoehorned in there. I suppose just take a little bit of, a bit more, I say a bit more time. The film's already quite long, but, you know, to, to really craft those moments mm. and, and try try maybe a few more, I don't know what you could do, just try and elevate it a little bit in terms of sort of that audience engagement and the sophistication around like how it was written and how it's presented to the audience because it just felt a little bit too, um, it felt a bit too abstract, I think. Yeah. Like the, okay. the rela- his relationship with them and what our relationship with them was meant to be as the viewers as well. So I, I just wa- I wanted that moment to hit me in the gut and to be like, ah, oh, this is now 
why Batman exists sort of thing. Mm. And I didn't really feel that. Have you ever seen any of the animated series? No. No, I haven't. So there's a film I wanted, there's an animated film I want to pick, which is called Batman Mask of Phantasm. Okay. Which is a bit like this, but it's Mm -hmm. set in the animated series from the early 90s with Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and, and, and all that. And there is a bit in that where he first puts the costume on Mm-hmm. And all you see is the back of the cowl and Alfred's face. Mm. And it's like Alfred shits himself. Ooh. And there's a bit where it's basically where he, I don't know, he, I think he just says, good God. Mm. But he basically, it's something like the whole point of the scene is, this is not the little boy I looked after. Yep. This is a damaged man who's been away and trained. And it's so good, Alice. Honestly, mm. if you are interested, all of the Batman animated series is on um, Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it is in, it is the benchmark for how to do Batman. It's incredible. Interesting. Incredible. It's so stylized as well. So it's all done art deco as if it's in the 30s. Oh, wow. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. And it was made after the Burton Batman. But that's yeah. where Harley Quinn comes from. Harley Quinn's not from the comics. She was written for that series and stuff. So it is well worth a look. But if you want more in, about him becoming Batman, Batman Mask of Phantasm is, you get a whole new origin for the Joker that's not been done before. You get a whole new thing. of, But a lot of the stuff in this about like his first night of trying to be Batman and stuff like mm-hmm. that, it sort of, it does it first. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do it, it does it differently. It's not better or worse, but the whole, like there's a whole bit where he like stops a truck robbery before he's got the costume. Mm-hmm. and he does this whole thing of being like they need to be scared of me they're not scared of me why are they not scared of me mm-hmm. and then it's like he chooses the bat moniker and he puts the cowl on and alpha just it just shows his face and it's just like this is a this man is a is a monster mm-hmm. it's not a guy it's a it's a thing and that's one of the things i do like about this as well as the whole i've got to be a symbol yeah because as a man i can't scare them as mm-hmm. a symbol they'll shit themselves basically yeah um but i do know what back to your point i do know what you mean it does feel a little bit by the numbers with the parents stuff i don't mind it because i think looking at it in the context historically they had to do it they just had to mm-hmm. um the last one we did was the, you know, the last film before this was some sort of um you know neon nightmare that wasn't for kids but sort of was for kids and wasn't for adults but wasn't for adults and mm. it was you know it was, an, and it was an absolute mess and this came along and went you want a batman film i'll give you a batman film oh he gave us a batman film So we probably aren't going to think that this is underrated, but it's always (laughs) fun to look at the critical reception. And I don't actually know what it is. If I was going to hazard a guess, I mean, (laughs) I think we're easily looking early to mid eights. Like, I reckon... Good, it did well. (laughs) Yeah, I reckon reckon this is probably getting like an 84 or an 8.4. And would that be appropriate for you? I think... It's tricky because because of what it started, I almost feel like I'd want to give it more because of what came mm. later and, you know, what was able to stand on the shoulders of this sort of thing and, and the impact of the trilogy as a whole as well. So I would maybe say that that's a tiny bit underrated, okay. but like tiny bit. Um, what would right, you so, give it are you giving this is this like in the nine yeah it's just like a nine out of ten it, yeah. for me yeah is it's it, it's yeah. high it's almost i think this is almost almost well almost perfect Ooh, i love this film. but a lot of that is 
just love for the character, love for the source material and and, yeah. and what it did for the character. Okay. Mm. So at the time of recording, over an IMDb, it gets an absolutely disgraceful 8.2 out of 10. You can shove Ooh, that right low, up our ass. Low, low. Listen, every single one of you that, that didn't vote it better on IMDb, drop us an email, filmsonthatpod at gmail.com. I'd like to have a little chat with you. <laughs> um, no, everyone's attached to their own opinion. However, over on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets a little bit better. The critics, this is the critics as well, give it 85%. Okay, yeah. I'm for a them. comic book film them. as well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's big. And the audience give it a whopping and wholly appropriate 94%. Wow. Whoa. Which I'm well on board with that, Alice. I'm well on board with 94%, uh, which averages out to 87%. Now, I'm going to be bold okay. here and say that I think this is a 9 out of 10 film. I think 80%, 87%. I think that's underrated. Well, that there you go. I mean, you've made your case for it. You've made yeah, your argument say it. for it. Big swing. That is a big, big swing. swing I would say it's probably appropriately rated. I think that's really appropriate. <laughs> well, we'll put it to a vote and see what everyone thinks. In terms of box office, listen, it was a big hit. Uh, didn't make anywhere near as much as The Dark Knight, but I don't think we can say this is underseen. Uh, but yes, appropriately rated from Alice, underrated from me, and we'll put it to a vote out to you guys. What do you think? And I just I just pulled up the, the box office then because I was intrigued when we started going into this. So it that's says that the budget was a hundred not quite. So it says that the budget was 150 mil and that it made 373 mil. So over So double. box office wise, if you think the Dark Knight did a billion. Did it? Did it yeah. really? So oh for a days. while the, I wanna say the Dark Knight was second only to Titanic. So obviously these are just the immediate numbers that you find when you Google it. And yeah. you know what? The, and the thing that we found with sort of trying to find these numbers is it's quite difficult to get sort it of a straight be. answer. I, box office mojo tends to be the, the best, but it's yeah. hard. But yeah, looking at the, the, so just doing the same thing with The Dark Knight, 185 million budget and 1.6 billion yeah. at so the box office. I, I'm fairly certain for a while it was second only to Titanic. And then, and then Avatar came out and then you get all the Marvel films and stuff like that. So it did beat Harry Potter. It beat Lord of the Rings. I might be wrong, but I'm fairly certain for a while because Titanic did 1.8 until they re-released it, I think. And then this did 1.6. And I remember watching it crawl up, being like, come on, beat Titanic. Beat, make, yeah. make a Batman film, the highest grossing film of all time. Imagine. But to, um, I think, can we, we can surely attest some of that success to Batman Begins. Absolutely. The fact that people have seen yeah. Batman Begins and then gone, holy shit. And if they've seen it after the fact, you know, on DVD, I suppose it would have been at that time. Yeah. And then going, well, I need to go and fucking see the second one when that yeah. comes out. Because that's yeah. big money. And if you think about the ratio there from budget to box office is incredible. And if you think about the, you know, those box office numbers, I thought it made about 500, 600 million. That's what I thought mm. it did. But you look at that box office there. Yeah, plenty of people have seen it now. But what did it make? Three, four hundred million. The, the MCU can release a film now that no one gives a shit about and it'll make that. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? So, so, and this true. is a Batman film. And normally, up until a point, up until in a sort of pre-MCU world, no one was really competing with Batman in a box office. Maybe Spider-Man. Do you know what I mean? But even Spider-Man, the, the first three, the Raimi three didn't do as well as the the Nolan Batmans. So so yeah, I'd say that's it's probably underseen at the time, but it's probably been seen by 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 more people now, shall we say. Okay, so there we go. Episode 200 in the bag. Wow. Episode 201 coming your way. Alice, 
you're starting us off with the next 100. <laughs> 201. What are we going to be talking about? Well, I thought I would use this opportunity to steal the first listener suggestion of the year. Oh, so oh. we've had an email from listener Mark, and he thinks that we should take a look at a film called Go from 1999. Yes, so indeed. Get ready for that one, listeners. Indeed. It's the third in the trilogy. The first one's called Ready, and the second one's called Steady. Nice. Uh, good. Thank good, you, Cheers. Thank good, you. Thank you. Good humor. Uh, good. Yeah, great, like great it. stuff. That might cut that because uh, <laughs> uh, dad jokes, guys. Anyway, <laughs> listen, this is the end of our 200th episode. We will, of course, be back next week with Go, which is our first listener suggestion of 2024. However, it does remain to be saying thank you very much for sticking with us um, for 200 episodes. We will continue releasing recording episodes until you get bored of us or we can't do it anymore for whatever reason but we do really appreciate you listening thank you to everyone who's helped us over the years our guests everyone who's ever been involved in the podcast thank you very very much we do really appreciate it we're going to keep doing our thing and hope it keeps growing um as it has done alice um yeah so listen social media you know where we are just films and that email address films and that part at gmail.com and if you go in the episode links for this the patreon's link link is there if you fancy any extra stuff it's all there for you uh episodes a day early ad free and slightly extended as well we're on the television as well aren't we alice we are yes every friday evening from 6 p.m you can find me and josh talking about our favorite underrated and underseen films and sometimes just films we want to talk about like batman begins which i'm sure will be coming very soon to the channel <laughs> but that's on your local tv network we're on channel seven on freeview well that means if if you live in birmingham bristol leeds liverpool or the northeast of england we're on channel seven or if you live in northeast or excuse me if you live in north wales or south wales uh, see the the baby brain is coming out again north wales or south wales it's on channel eight on freeview and the videos are all going on daily motion so head on over there have a little look at what we're up to yes thank you just alice there forgetting the two parts of the country she is from uh, we will see you next week we're going to be doing our first list of suggestion thank you very much for listening thank you for supporting us it's goodbye from me cheerio bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.